It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the NUFC blogcast. We've got loads to talk about after an, yet another win, yet another clean sheet against Burnley. We're going to review that game. We're going to do poll of the week, Twitter questions, FYI man. And we're going to preview our first game, the first Champions League game at St. James's Park for over 20 years. I'm going to be there. Ollie's going to be there. I hope you're going to be there. If you can't be there, you're going to watch it on TV. What a night we've got coming up this week. Let's talk about all of this on the NUFC Blogcast. Ollie, another clean sheet, five in a row. You didn't have the faith when you predicted in the last episode. You said, no, it can't be five in a row. It's too good to be true. Well, <laughs> it is. A 2-0 will against Burnley. Yeah, you're right. I didn't um, I didn't back us to get another one. I mean, in fairness, early on, I actually thought Burnley were about to score when I think the striker, Am- Amdouni, as he called, the Koliosho played it across to him. And from my seat in the Gallagher, I thought he scored in this. It looked like a huge chance. And obviously, it was a poor finish, but a really good save from Pope. So, but yeah... The stats, the the stats don't lie. We got another clean sheet, and I'm glad we did. Um, and 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 I've only just remembered right now this second, but I predicted two nil. So do you know what? Once, I thought you did. Yeah, yeah I, I got it right for once. Um, nice. Yeah, no, I, I mean, what do you think? What do you make of the performance? Well, I think I think starting with the first sort of five ten minutes, we were a little bit sort of second to loose balls. Burnley actually started well. We're passing the ball around nicely, and as I actually predicted. Um, Coleosho was getting a bit of joy against Dan Byrne, the right winger for for Burnley. He was got beyond him, I think, probably in the first minute of the game and put a ball across the box, which fortunately no one got onto. So early on, we actually started quite poorly and they they looked decent. But I think the great bit after that was the fact that Miguel Almoron goal not only just settled us down, but just put Burnley immediately on the back foot. And from that point onwards, we were we were cruising really and by far the better team. And Really, Burnley didn't lay a glove on us after that. So, so yeah, it was a poor open in 10 minutes, but we were pretty much cruising after that. And, um, yeah, it was nice to just have a really sort of routine, relaxed victory in the end. Because, I mean, looking back at the last few St. James's Park games, we had the um, we had the Liverpool game, which we all know how that ended. And then the Brentford game was a massive win, but it was one of those ugly wins where we were holding on 
at the end a little bit. It was a little bit, it was a little bit sort of um, nervy at times. Whereas those sort of wins at home where you turn it up, you can relax, um, you can have plenty of the ball and not really have to worry. They're always nice ones. And I think that's what we needed as well going into the PSG game, having a sort of a game that, well, I was going to say it didn't take too much out of us, but Joe Linton did actually get an injury. But generally, I think we didn't have to put too much into that to beat Burnley, which which I think is good heading yeah. into the PSG game. It was one of those games where we were 1-0 up and we kept missing these chances. And I thought, oh, we need a second. We definitely need a second. I could just, I just had these flashbacks to Liverpool and other games where we haven't put them away and then and then it's come back to bite us. But that ESAC penalty, of course, did seem to wrap it up at 2-0. It was, it was no danger we were going to lose that game at that point. But yeah, and five five clean sheets. I know we just, just mentioned it, but just once again, you know, Lascelles comes in instead of Botman. Everyone starts panicking on social media. We haven't got Botman. We're going to concede. Once again, we don't. Yeah, that's it. I mean, obviously, we'll get to this in a bit. It'll be a different test when we have PSG in a couple of days opposed to Burnley. But still, you've got to you've got to look at it for what it is. And that's Lascelles has come in now for two games, pretty much from the cold. He's barely started a game really this year. And yeah, not not only a clean sheet against Man City, but a couple of days later keeping Burnley out. So, but yeah, five clean sheets. It doesn't happen very often for any teams and does it really i mean that's what four four straight in the premier league and um in fact no sorry it's not four straight in the premier league because one was in the champions league one was in against city in the cup and then we've had clean sheets against brentford sheffield and, and burnley in the league but even so it makes it even more impressive getting them against milan and, and ac um and in man city so but yeah i think i said this on the last podcast but i think that was kind of the foundation of a lot of our success last season that teams would never get more than one goal against us and we were kind of that was for me like the bedrock of a lot of our success sort of giving away very little at the other end of the pitch and then obviously having the players like Isaac Armoron who scored again well well scored his second of the season wasn't it, after scoring at Sheffield United it was, so it was a, it was a yeah it was a lovely goal i mean i i wonder i'd like to ask you this what did you make of his overall performance do you know what i thought i'm not sure whether you're asking this because you didn't rate him but i actually thought he was pretty lively and back to Back to sort of the busy Almiron who drifting off the the wing links up with Trippier and he didn't cause much of a threat in the final third beyond his goal. But I thought generally he was quite lively and he worked his socks off and linked up quite well. But the goal itself, that was something you couldn't have you couldn't have dreamt of Miggy doing that a few years ago when he when he couldn't hit a barn door. But now when he cuts in on that left foot, you just you almost expect him to get shot away like that now, which yeah. just shows how far he's come. Did you what so, did you think? Did you not were well, you not really sure? Well, no. Well, so I, I saw him. Um, someone tweeted saying, you know, he's he's he always cuts in on that left foot now and curls into that far corner. I, uh, I, I made the comparison that he's a shite Robin. If you remember, our <laughs> I and Robin used to always do that. Cut inside, no defender could stop him. Cut inside and and just curl into the top corner. No, I I just think, I mean, he, he, you're right. He's back to being Miggy, but he's classic Miggy in that he scores that goal. He works his socks off. You can't really have a go at him at all. But his passing's woeful. <laughs> the amount of yeah, times he's... there's a simple pass to make, like just down the line to Trippier and he stuffs it up and or just in, you know, just some simple thing he needs to do. Technical ability of the bloke in terms of shooting's great, in terms of running around and a bit of dribbling's great, but his passing is so bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's been times where he's been a little bit predictable as well because he's obviously so left-footed. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess he, I think... I think looking at the positives, I guess he, he got double figures last season. He's now got scored in his last two games. And I do think in time that will be the position we upgrade on. So I think yeah. obviously on the left wing now, we've got Gordon, we've got Barnes. I think 
that right wing, it won't be long at all until there's that star sort of big name or, or top mm. quality right winger who comes in and he suddenly becomes the backup player. But um... and I'm not, I'm not being negative. I am, I mean, I am being negative. I'm not really. He's, you know, <laughs> great goal. We won two 0 <laughs> I'm the last person to be negative. I'm the one always saying let's be positive. But I just was, I was shocked about three or four times. Like, oh my word, <laughs> Miggy, just oh, he's so yeah. frustrating. But you're so, you're guess... so good. But you're so frustrating. I guess the great thing about Almiron now is it used to be that he put all of the effort in, he gave 110%, he'd track back, he'd make runs, but he wouldn't have that moment of quality. So now, at least if we're getting that moment of quality, we'll kind of allow for the odd lapse yeah. somewhere else. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think just going back to the game, I think another thing I'd point out as well is it's massively keeps the momentum going. Obviously, um, five, five games now in a row where we've got clean sheets. We've won four of the last five, three straight wins in the Premier League. I think... We're now only a couple of points off Liverpool. We're three ahead of Man United. Um, so we're kind of back in, amongst that mix of top six teams, which a couple of weeks ago we were worried we'd be miles off the pace if we didn't start picking up wins. So from a Premier League perspective, we've really got momentum now. And also, um, I think what's important as well is the fact we've had the midweek game against Milan. We've responded to that with an 8-0 win at Sheffield, which the reason I'm saying this is we're not used to midweek, then Premier League, midweek, then Premier League. And to go from Milan to Sheffield the way we did it, and then to go from a massive effort against Man City to then a very routine 2-0 win over Burnley. I think that's impressive, and it's one of those hurdles that, that was new for us this season. We're not used to playing, well, firstly, our squad stretch. We haven't been able to rotate quite as much as we'd want to, but mentality and fitness, from a mentality and fitness point of view, I think it's important for us to be able to go again and play twice a week and obviously get results, because do you remember that season where we finished fifth under Pardew, and then we went into the the Europa League after that. I mean, there was always yeah. a, a negative result on a Sunday in the Premier League the following year because we didn't, we maybe didn't have the energy or we didn't have the the squad to be able to go twice in a week and get get good results. Mm-hmm. I know it's a bit different because in in the Europa League you play on a Thursday and then it's sometimes there's, there's even smaller recovery times and there's long trips away to certain countries. But even so, it's still the idea of playing tough games in midweek and then still responding to that at the weekend and putting in a good performance in the Premier League. And that's not easy. It's, it takes a, a lot of teams who have just gotten to Europe a lot of time to get used to that. Um, I mean, Brighton are already, I know they've generally started the season well, but they've they've had a f- couple of moments where they either haven't performed in Europe. I think, I think it was against, um, was it a Greek team they played where they, they lost at home? Yeah, AEK Athens. Yeah, and that was, that was almost a bit unlike them. So they were going well in the Premier League, but they struggled in Europe. And then uh, obviously the weekend just gone they were beating 6-1 off Aston Villa a couple of days after it which is COVID weird game, isn't it so... we beat Villa 5-1 Villa uh, Villa beat Brighton 6-1 and Brighton beat us 3-1 <laughs> yeah like that is the bizarre thing football isn't it <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah um, going back to like the Burnley just the final bits on that as well I think another positive I mean I think Craig Hope at the mail going into the Sheffield United game said that Alexander Isak had only scored in one of his last 12 games and that was the two he scored against Villa um, on the opening day, I think. Now, obviously, since then, he scored at Sheffield United. He scored the winner against Man City. He scored the penalty against against uh, Burnley. So I'm glad he's he's back in the gold. I mean, I actually thought he didn't look quite as sharp as his usual self on, mm. on Saturday. And, and in that, uh, normally when Isaac picks up the ball, he, he can carry it with such pace. It's almost a little bit like Thierry Henry-esque when he picks it up on that left and drives at a defender. You think he's got them on toe straight away and he's... His dribbling's normally brilliant. His touch is normally great. And he, he just looked a little bit off. And I guess it's great that he got the goal. And like I say, he scored three games in a row. But I hope he's not someone who we're kinda, could do with a little bit of a rest. I mean, I know it's early in the season, but the fact we've got an issue with Wilson and the fact Isaac will probably have to go again against PSG um, 
I mean, he should be he should be up for it when it's such a big occasion. But I hope his legs kind of hold up because he didn't. I don't know. He just didn't quite look his normal self. But obviously, getting another goal will do him the world of good. I thought I thought Bruno was back to his best. Um, that, I don't know if you saw that. He has been for a few games. Hasn't he? He's he's been back to his best for a, for a, for a few games now. He has to be fair. I mean, he ran it ran the show, didn't he? Against Sheffield United, he was the difference maker in that second half against Man City, and and yeah, he just whether it was what he was doing on the ball and that first time pass to Isaac in the first half against Burnley, or or do you know when he does that iconic sort of he, he just celebrates and like as if he's just scored the winning goal in a cup yeah. final when he's just won a tackle and yeah. he was just doing all of that, and I I do wonder if that coincides with the new deal now being sorted and yeah, it's because his wages wages have just tripled, so you know he's yeah. <laughs> he's he's pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he was great again. I thought Lascelles did a really solid job, and he deserves a lot of credit for coming in. And I think people get nervous when Lascelles comes in because he's, he's he's very different to Shaw in terms of his ability on the ball. He looks a lot more clunky, doesn't he? But he defended well, and as as usual, his trivia was his just defensive quality. attributes in terms of winning headers, tackles, that sort of thing. It's never been in doubt. I don't think it is True. just that technical ability of being on the ball and being able to play out from the back and all that, that's where he falls down. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Bottman's out until after the international break. So yeah, it does. it'd be interesting I mean, you're right. to see I... the team against PSG. Sorry, Karen. In terms of Lascelles, yeah, like he's a he's an absolute unit, isn't he? And he wins headers. He can he, he sort of gets himself in the way. He's, he's, uh, he, he's, he's quicker. Than he... Yeah, he's a leader. And he's actually quicker than he's given credit for. Like I think on the half turn, he's a little bit slow, but once he gets going, he's quite quick. I think, I think yeah, combined with not being great on the ball. And if anyone presses him, he's, he struggles. But I think the only other thing is he sometimes switches off. He, he can have a bit of a lapse concentration-wise, whereas I think Char and Botman don't tend to have those lapses anymore. But in fairness, since he's come in, we haven't seen any of that. So let's hope let's hope that continues. Um, well, Anthony I mean, Gordon as well. Sorry, yeah, just, um, go on. sorry, just cutting you off. Keep the positives um, coming. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I thought it's ridiculous how much he wins the ball back. Like, his output has been great this year. He's winning penalties, he's getting assists, he's scoring goals. But in terms of his work rate, and not just running aimlessly, he's actually winning the ball back, forcing turnovers high up the pitch. But unfortunately, he's... I don't know whether this was because he didn't hear the whistle, but he kind of kicked the ball away in the first half against Burnley, and he's picked up his fifth yellow of the season. So he's now going to be... I think you might have predicted that, actually, before the game. You said, yeah, that's going to happen. A goal the yellow. Yeah. And, of and course it did. he's going to get so, <laughs> so, yeah, he's... I mean, and, and you, I think you also said that because he played against Sheffield United because he played that second half against City, started again against Burnley and will play against PSG. I think you said he might even need the rest for the West Ham game. So I, I, That's the only way that we're going to enforce rests is get <laughs> suspended. Yeah. yeah. So Gordon obviously now won't play against West Ham, which basically nails him for, for PSG, even though he's already nailed because he can obviously play, play against PSG and then he'll get the whole of, well, West Ham and then the international break. So it'll be another month exactly, before, yeah. before his game. So. I guess he'll, uh, he might be a little bit good with that as well because I don't know if Southgate picks his squad before the West Ham game. He probably will, but either way, he's, he's probably really wanting to impress as much as he can leading up mm. to the international break, whether that's to get himself more in the reckoning or to actually get a call-up. But even if he doesn't, well, he won't play against West Ham, but even though he's going to miss that, he's got to be getting himself into the conversation with England now because he's offering so much, isn't he? And he, he has played for England through the youth system as well, and Southgate tends to... I know, I know people have their complaints about Southgate, but he tends to reward players who have come up through the, the youth ranks because mm. um, he's obviously used to work in that in that area, didn't he? So, yeah. so yeah, plenty of positives. A shame about Gordon, a shame about Joe Linton coming off with a hamstring injury. But, um, but yeah, lots to be happy about and uh, great to see Bruno back to his best and another clean sheet as well. So, 
Top two, yeah. notch win, 2 0. Yeah, no, amazing. And we're going to do something a little bit different. Usually we end with Pod of the Week and Twitter questions and FYI, man. But we're going to do Pod of the Week and Twitter questions now because they uh, are relevant now before we talk about PSG uh, and have a break. So, Pod of the Week, what have you done, Ollie? What have you put together? So, with Sven Botman being ruled out with the PSG game, I, I asked uh, followers on Twitter, who would you start alongside Fabian Shaw for the PSG game? The options were Jamal Lascelles, Dan Byrne, Paul Dummett or other. I'm not sure who who you could vote for in other, but I just put it there just in case someone had some elaborate plan. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, that's interesting. I bet there's a lot. Well, there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of recency bias. I think the fact Lascelles has kept two clean sheets, so I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would go Lascelles anyway, particularly seeing that he's still got it. You know, he can do it. So yeah, I'd go Lascelles. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right in what you say about the recency bias because it wasn't long ago. I mean, maybe this is the minority, but there's a lot of fans who've often had a go at Jamal Lascelles and just said, oh, he's not good enough. And so many would have went for Dan Byrne over Lascelles. But you're right, back-to-back clean sheets probably means that a lot of people are having a bit more faith in him. So, so yeah, I'll go with Toonpole's vote. So he said, I'd go with Lascelles. I get the argument for Byrne, but that would mean changing more than just one position, which is a good point because obviously he plays at left-back. So him moving inside would mean someone else at left-back. But then he went on to say, we've kept two clean sheets with Lascelles, so for me, he's earned the right to play. We all know his limitations, but I think that's the best option. Um, yeah, Agree. I find myself agreeing with Toonpoles a lot, actually. Yeah, that's spot on for me. Like, I think that's it. Like, not only is the not only has Lascelles got a bit of form there with two clean sheets in a row, and he's settled into the team, and I think with centre-back partnerships, it's really important that they have an understanding. It's It can't just... It's not FIFA, is it, where you can just put someone in and like a video game and just just mix it up every every week or every game. You, you have to kind of build up relationships there. And um, so I think for me, I know Lascelles played alongside Dummett in the cup, but he got that clean sheet with 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 Shaw at the weekend. They look good together. And the big thing, like Toonpole said, is if you bring Dan Byrne, who is a left sided player, alongside Shaw, suddenly then who starts at right at left back? Is it Matt Target? Is it Lewis Hall? And They've not played much football at all. So to have those guys come in from the cold a little bit against Usman Dembele, it's a lot to ask, isn't it? Whereas keeping that defence as settled as you can, keeping this the same defence that got a clean sheet on Saturday makes makes more sense. But it's just, mm. I, I thought it would be an interesting one because a lot of people would would go Dan Byrne going mm. in terms of the individually, who do, they, who do they seem to trust more? But obviously that recency bias with the Lascelles getting the two clean sheets. Um, so what, what were the results then? Yeah, well, yeah, so... 0.8% said other. I'm not sure who people would have suggested <laughs> yeah. there at all. But, uh, no idea. Um, Paul Dummett then came next with 8%. To be fair, he was brilliant against Man City. But mm. yeah, I, I, he's, I don't think he has ever played alongside Fabian Charles centre-back. So that would be a massive risk. 16% said Dan Byrne. And then, yeah, as we expected, 75% said Jamal Lascelles. And that was just under 3,000 votes. Got a lot mm. for this one. So, so yeah, that's a big vote of confidence in Lascelles. And he deserves that, really, because... That's what a few people comment and saying. Yeah, and there's, something, is... there's something nice, isn't there, about the fact that Jamal Lascelles is going to get to play against PSG at St James's Park. Well, we think, you know, if he starts, he probably will. So, yeah, you know, that, he's been yeah. with us for so long. He he was captain in the championship. Where well, he's still club captain now, and he's been on the yeah. sidelines, and he hasn't complained. It sounds like he's has a real positive influence around the club. He's he's liked by the fans, and now because of circumstance, he's going to get to play against PSG in the Champions League. Fair play to him. Yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, he was the one player when we were getting relegated in that Steve McLaren season where I think he was trying to rally the team. And when Benitez came in, and obviously he made him captain. And to go from that to 
being our being our captain in the championship, getting us getting us back up, being our sort of he was our best player of the season, wasn't he? In that first year back under Benitez when we finished tenth. So, but obviously since then, as you say, he's either had injuries or he's now been replaced by the likes of Botman or Shaw and things like that. So, for him to get all the praise he gets from Eddie Howe, he seems to never complain. He seems to be really big behind the scenes, and I know people have that. He has his critics on the pitch and that he's not great on the ball, but there's been no complaints over the past two games. And in fact, I said against Man City. He played that nice pass into Murphy that then created the, the sort of opening for the goal. And actually on Saturday, I know Burnley didn't cause us much problems, but I thought Lascelles was actually okay on the ball on Saturday. He was, yeah. he, he didn't really have any moments where too many iffy moments and he, he seemed a bit more confident. So, so yeah, I know a few people have commented saying um, Lascelles is not good enough to the pole. And I find that a bit harsh though, because we've just got back-to-back clean sheets since he filled in. So what else do they want him to do? I mean, we all know long-term, that's why he doesn't play regularly, that the cells isn't our first choice defender, but needs must at the minute. And obviously back to back clean sheets, I think think it makes sense to go with him. Yeah. Um, I think we will. I'm pretty yeah, sure he'll yeah, play. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. Okay. Well, there's the poll of the week. I think he will play as well. We'll do our predicted PSG teams just after Twitter questions and then we'll take a break. So Twitter questions. Leslie M at NUFC for life two three four has said trips on the left and Tino on the right for PSG question mark. Dembele versus Burn would be a nightmare. Your thoughts? I mean, my thoughts are no, play Burn. Uh, all these clubs have always targeted our left, and it, it, you know, but, but we say Burn, it would be a nightmare against Burn. Burn is a competent left back. Let's get it out of our heads that he's not. He, Premier League clubs, Milan, they all target the left, and yet we're fine. We keep clean sheets because Dan Burn is a good defender. What do you think, Ollie? Yeah, I mean, I can see why if you're looking at it from a pace point of view, people would look at Burns' lack of pace mixed in with the fact Livermento was so good against Man City and then also combining the fact Kieran Trippier has played at left-back for England. But again, like this isn't like a, a FIFA, this isn't a video game where you can just swap it over and think, oh, that'll work against this team because the, the dynamic of our defence where Burns kind of becomes that third centre-back when Trippier pushes up the pitch or the dynamic that Burns just more defensive-minded and won't get caught out of position. Yes, he lacks pace, but he also, to, to offset that, he has the defensive instincts to to clear those balls in the box or to get himself in the right position or to head away at the back post. So I can see why people think Dembele against Burn might be a mismatch, but how many times this season have we seen, oh, it's Salah against burn it's it's Saka against burn and we haven't actually been torn apart down that side it's all about the balance of the defense not those not always just those one-to-one matchups so I think in the future I can see if Livermento is playing out of his skin if, if Trippier can play left back there might be a there might be a time where we can play that but then at the same time look how influential Trippier is to our right hand side the way he links up the way he gets crosses into the box suddenly if you put Trippier on the left He's not putting left crosses in down the line, is he? And he's not going to have that same influence on the team. So when it's not broken, swapping over your left backs, playing Trippier at left back all of a sudden, and I just that just won't happen against PSG. And I can see there might be scope for it in the future. Um, mm. Because let's face it, Livermento looks too good to be on the bench all of the time. But throwing that straight in against PSG, I just, it's not house style. And I just think it's also harsh, harsh on burn, to be honest. Brilliant. Thank you, Leslie M, for your question. Ian Bell uh, at Bellionaire. Nice handle. I do like that. I rate that. Um, nice. He said, stick with the second string for the rest of the EFL Cup? Question mark. Mm. To be Should fair, I mean, when you look at how busy our schedule is, we might have we, to. <laughs> we're going to have to mix it up because 
we're already getting a lot of injuries and we're only we're only sort of a couple of weeks into the season well it's over a month but you know what I mean we're not we're not that far into the season and we've got what Barnes out for until the end of the year we've got Joe Willock out Joe Linton Botman Wilson there's there's a lot of names out and that that's obviously probably down to the intensity of our play mixed in with a number of fixtures so I mean we've got Man United away next haven't we and if we did play the same sort of team that started against Man City against Man United, people might be thinking, oh, are we missing a chance here? Because I would imagine Man United will go fairly strong. Um, but I just think it might be a necessity. I mean, we've got, we're going to have Champions League midweek games, Premier League games at the weekend so often this season and the next few months. So that would mean a defensive sort of Pope, Livermento, Lascelles, Dummett, Target. I don't think we could go for the sort of Miley, Lewis Hall, Tonali midfield at Old Trafford. I don't think that would work. But I do generally think that how will how will sort of reward some of the players that played well against Man City. I mean, Paul Dummett, if he can keep Man City out, he can keep Man United out at Old Trafford. I mean, they're they're pretty awful at the minute. They've just lost one nil at home to to Palace. Um, so I think in the answer to that, I think he'll generally reward the players who do well in the cup, and he'll have faith in Dummett, and he'll play the likes of Target and um maybe Jacob Murphy, maybe Lewis Hall, Livermento definitely. But I do think there'll be times where we we has to sort of look at strengthening up certain areas of the pitch because I, I just don't I don't think the likes of Miley and Hall could both start in midfield at Old Trafford, for example. Yeah. Um great. And last question, quick fire. Connor Spencer at Connor S9610 has said, your full strength in the League Cup final, what's your strongest team and why? So basically the question is what's your strongest team and why? And I think Ooh. everyone I mean, was fit. If everyone was fit, I mean it's it's I mean it's it isn't it Pope, Trippier, uh Char, Botman, Byrne uh, Tenali, Bruno, Joe Linton. Now, some people might say long staff is so important, but there you go. And then the front, and so there's a, there's one point of, of debate. Then the other point of debate, I guess, is who plays through the middle. Cause on the left, you'd have Gordon at this moment in time. And on the right, you'd probably have Miggy. So it's yeah. Isaac or Isak or Wilson. So it's Isak or, or Wilson. And then, and then long staff or one of the other three midfielders. But then I also think there's a debate to say that when Joe Willock's fit and firing, he's, he's oh, massive he as well. I forgot he yeah. existed. Yeah. So I think, I mean, yeah, it's very hard to answer this. I mean, even at left back, Byrne at the minute deserves to stay there. We're solid with him in the team, despite having his critics. But there'll be a debate soon enough when Lewis Hall gets up to speed that is Lewis Hall our best left back. So to me, there's debates there, although it won't be for this season. Um, I think other than that, the defence picks itself. I think in midfield, Bruno's obviously definitely there. Joe Linton's definitely there. And then, yeah, it's that, it's that mixture between Longstaff and how important he is to the team and how much of an unsung hero he is. He seems to release Bruno more as well. I feel like his he's kind of very smart. He picks up the right positions. He doesn't lose the ball much. He covers so much ground. So Longstaff seems to make others play better. He's a bit of an unsung hero in that respect. Mm. But then Willock's so sort of dynamic and his, his running with the ball and his, his goal threat. But then you've got Tonali, who just paid... 50 odd million for who in time obviously we already saw it against Villa and in part against Liverpool but you can see when he settles in he's going to be a real quality player so god that midfield's hard to pick isn't it um it is let's in, wait until in we're attack, in the league cup final and then we'll decide <laughs> in attack as well I know you mentioned Gordon on the left Miggy on the right but I mean we've, I think you said this earlier in the the season that Harvey Barnes is the proven Premier League winger who was brought in to surely play on the left we didn't bring in Barnes to be back up so in time, could you say it's Barnes, Isaac, Gordon? Maybe. Who, who knows? But the fact we've got options is a good thing. Yeah, we Let's... kind of sat on the fence with that one. I, I really struggled to give the best 11 at the minute. It's hard, but that's a good problem to have, isn't it? 
yeah. Let's take a break and then we'll come back and we'll preview the PSG game. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Welcome back. Yes, so PSG, the first game, first Champions League game at Newcastle at St. James Park for twenty over 20 years. What's the team news, Ollie? We've got a few injuries, haven't we? Yeah, so... It's worth mentioning that we're recording this before Eddie Howe gives his final press conference on Tuesday. So we're not we're not going to be able to give the latest sort of up-to-date info, but it's, it's looking fairly ominous, I think, for Botman, Wilson and Joe Linton. So on Botman, who was hoped, I mean, I think everyone was hoping he was going to play against Burnley. I think we said it, didn't we, in our, in our preview for that game that we thought Howe was just being overly cautious and leaving Burnley guessing. But actually, Botman and Wilson both failed fitness tests. So... House said it, this is his quotes over the weekend. He said, Sven has a knee problem that's serious enough to keep him out until the international break. We hope that after that, he'll be close to being fit. So based on those comments, he's definitely going to miss PSG. Um, and obviously comes so soon after Burnley and he couldn't he couldn't even make the squad for Burnley. So it seems pretty certain that Bartman's out. Hopefully we, House update is, is a positive one tomorrow and he just says that you know he's going to miss the next couple, but he'll be back straight after the international break. So we've got so many games coming up after that. We've got... Palace in the league, Wolves in the league. We've got the Dortmund game coming up. We've got Man United in the cup. Um, so yeah, Botman pretty much seems out. He's on Callum Wilson. How said that he's got a minor hamstring problem, and he's not really sure whether we're going to see him or not before the international break. Um, he said, "I hope we do, but there's no guarantee." So it seems it's sort of a tightness in his hamstring, doesn't it? From what I was being saying, and obviously, whenever you feel tightness in your hamstring, it's never a good thing. But when you're Callum Wilson, who has a history of sort of niggles and and a history of sort of it's one thing having a niggle and a tightness but if you if you play with that it can then become a torn hamstring and before you know it you're out for two three months so yeah i think how's going to be really careful with him and i know the telegraph released an article this morning which didn't focus on this but in the, the small details of the article it said that botman and wilson and joe Litton are, are all out of psg so that's what luke edward at the telegraph saying um on joe Litton just finally how said that it's a hamstring problem it doesn't look serious but it was enough for him to come off and he said that Julian never complains about anything. So for him to come down to to go down and come off obviously shows that it's enough enough of a problem. So unfortunately, I think Botman, Wilson, Julian are going to be all out of the game. Obviously, we haven't got it officially from how yet, but it seems pretty clear they're going to miss out. And then 
obviously Harvey Barnes is out until the new year. Joe Willock still got the Achilles problem. So, so yeah, that's five pretty big players. There's a lot of money spent on all those five, isn't there? If you combine how much how much we've spent and all those guys being out, but um, but yeah, we'll have to just crack on without them. Really, there's no no other choice now. Yeah, and that's that's sort of uh, you know not great news. And but there there were rumours a couple of weeks ago that Mbappe was going to be out for them, but it sounds like he's back. Yeah, so actually a couple of days ago before PSG played at the weekend, it was a French paper saying that the club doctors at PSG had advised Enrique to rest Mbappe for this weekend's game just to make sure he was 100% for Newcastle. But actually Mbappe ended up playing the full 90. So I guess you could say that's a good and a bad thing. He proved his fitness, but he also had to play the full game. Mm. And actually talking of that, um, PSG actually drew a way to who were bottom of the league in, in the French league. So Claremont, they're called. Okay. So they, they they got a nil-nil draw, Claremont. I know some people won't care about this, but that's just proves that there's nothing massively to fear here where PSG, who've spent hundreds of millions, they've got Mbappe, but they can't score or can't beat the bottom side of in, in, in French league. So um so yeah, I think for me that's a positive that you know we've 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 got a two-nil win against Burnley, a pretty routine win. Meanwhile, PSG were having to keep Mbappe on for the full 90 because they couldn't break down the, the bottom team in France. So that hopefully puts well for Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, as you said, nothing to fear. I'll just read what Eddie Howard said um, before before the game. He, he said the following. I certainly hope we're not laying out any mats for anybody, Howell told reporters. We're determined to try and do well. And one thing I'm absolutely certain about is the atmosphere will be as good as I've ever experienced here. I know the supporters will get behind us and then whatever we do from there will depend on what happens afterwards. But we're really looking forward to it. We're looking forward to the challenge that it will bring. I've already started my preparation for the game and it's going to be an extreme test, but one that we can't wait for. So Eddie Howe saying, no red carpet out for them. We're going to play our game. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere. And, and talking about atmosphere, Drone displays, flags. This is this is yeah. going to be immense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anyone else saw this on Sunday night. It was all over social media, all over Twitter. Um, well, it's called X now, but I refuse to call it that. Um, there was basically this projection up above St James's Park of the Newcastle United it's drones, badge. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So drones like producing these lights and like a sort of light display. Now everyone's hoping that that's going to be beamed above the stadium before kickoff or something like that. But it's not clear yet whether that's the plan or whether they were actually recording some sort of, ad, not advert, but some sort of uh, pre-recorded show that's going to be on TNT Sports before the game or as some, part of, as some sort of seller advert. Seller at front of shirt sponsor are actually like an, an events company who like put on these spectacular sort of things. So it wouldn't be, I mean, it's clear that they've had a part in this, I would say, and they've probably, they've probably paid for it as well, I would hope. But um but yeah, it's it's not clear yet whether this was a rehearsal for what we're going to see on Wednesday night, or whether this was being recorded as some sort of um, advert or show that they're going to be putting on TV. I don't know, but uh, either way, it's all building up to the atmosphere, and uh, and then you've got War Flags as well, who they haven't given any hints yet as to what they're going to do. But for a few weeks now, they've been talking about obviously having something big, big lined up for the PSG game and our first home game back in the Champions League for twenty years. So. So yeah, whatever we've got in, whatever they've got in store, whether it's Newcastle's team or, or, or War Flags, it's going to be it's going to be a spectacle on Wednesday, isn't it? And it should be such a good atmosphere. I, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. It's going to be amazing. So let's let's do our just as before we finish. Let's do our predicted eleven. So um, do you want to go first? You go first. I think I went first last time. Yeah. So I mean, injuries have kind of forced our hand a little bit here. So 
Pope in goal, Trippier right back. It'll be Lascelles and Shaw, I'm pretty certain. I just don't see how messing with that when they kept a clean sheet at the weekend and, and obviously Lascelles against Man City. Burn at left back. Um, now, the midfield, I was expecting Joe Linton to come in for Anderson. But because Joe Linton's now got his hamstring problem, I think Tenali will replace Anderson. Um, I guess for Anderson, he's done well in the Premier League and doesn't really deserve to be dropped. But Tenali has the Premier League experience. Tenali got a bit more of a rest over the weekend. Um, and yeah, I just think if he'll be more equipped to the occasion potentially in this sort of opposition. So I think it'll be a midfield three of Tenali on the left, um, Bruno in the middle, Longstaff on the right of the midfield three, and then Gordon on the left, Isaac up top, just because he's got to now, really. If if Wilson was fine, I think Wilson might actually come in for this, given that Isaac's had to play the last few. But mm. with Wilson out, I think it'll be Isaac and then Almiron on the right. I know Jacob Murphy started the last Champions League game, but I think that was more to combat, um, to, uh, sort of an away-from-home thought of, of combat and what Theo Hernandez and Rafael Leao had on the break. But but I guess with that in mind, they're going to have Mbappe on that side. So does does how go back to Murphy? I don't know. But I think with Almiron scoring these last two games, and we all know the energy. I just he's don't got, understand so. how Murphy's a better option to combat Mbappe than Almiron. Like I know what you mean. I know Murphy yeah. gets back, but I thought Mig- Miggy is just yeah. works his socks off. So I don't. No, understand I agree. That actually, that, that is a good point. Actually, it's not. It's not like um, it's like Saint Maximan or, or Murphy. Obviously, yeah. he's gone now, but. That the sort of winger who wouldn't track back. It's it is a bit of a bizarre one, but so I guess that's one to watch, given that how picked Murphy for the Milan game. But yeah, I think I think you'll stick with Amaron. Um, scored in his last two games, and let's face it, Amaron's goals last year were a big part of getting us to the Champions League. So I think he'll be a bit good if he doesn't he doesn't start either of our first two games. So so yeah, that's that's my team. I don't know what you're thinking. No, same. I think that's I think it's, yeah. that's what it's going to be. I, I don't think there's many options. I mean, who, Gordon is, really. is going to play on the left. Barnes is injured. Joe Linton's injured. Yeah. He's not going to be anyone else. On the yeah. right, yeah, maybe Murphy, but it's probably going to be Miggy. Through the middle, it's got yeah. to be Isak. In the middle uh, three, it's not going to be Anderson. I agree. It's going to be Tonali. I think we rested Tonali, really, for this game a little bit. We could have played yeah. the other day. Um, Bruno's obviously going to play. Longstaff has been brilliant recently. He's not going to get dropped. And then the back five is going to be the same with Lascelles in because it's done so well. So I just don't see Eddie changing that. Um, no. And then we move to West Ham at the weekend still got what three days before it four days three four whatever it is before it and we can maybe make a few changes there i mean gordon will obviously have to come out he'll get a rest maybe wilson will be back by then and he'll play against west ham um yeah it's gonna be tough that isn't it because if if wilson joe linton botman all those guys aren't back gordon's suspended willick's still not back yet we're gonna be really stretched especially the effort we're gonna have to put in on wednesday but but i guess we'll we'll cross that bridge when we have to come to yeah from the little bits here and there i think wilson probably just not gonna make psg he'll be on the bench maybe but then will play West Ham. I mean, if you remember, he's got a great record against West Ham. He started against them away last year. I was there and he scored two goals and did the Macarena in front of the West Ham fans. <laughs> yes. um, so, yeah, I, I imagine in Eddie's head, if if Wilson's going to make it, even even if he was fit for BSG, I think we'll still play Isak because we can then save Wilson for West Ham away. That's what I think. True, we'll do. yeah. Um, yeah, let's hope so. Because obviously if, if Isak has to go, not only start against Man City, then Burnley, then PSG, and then West Ham, that would be a lot of games for Isaac and then an international break for Sweden, which is going to be big for them because they're doing badly in the Euros. So I know that's thinking ahead a little bit, but what could do with Wilson being fit to protect Isaac as much as anything. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll we'll cross that bridge when we're comfortable. So for a quick FYI, man, you're testing me, Ollie. Um, if you don't know what this game is, then just you'll work it out. Go on, Ollie. <laughs> 
Right. Newcastle. Obviously. PSG. Oh. Nice. Lazio. Lille. Who am I? <laughs> Interesting. Newcastle. PSG. PSG. Lazio. So which player has played for those four clubs? So when I'm thinking, I'm just thinking out loud here, I'm not answering. Newcastle, PSG, Sylvia and Distad played for them, but I don't think he played for Lazio and Lille. And he also played for City and Everton, didn't he? So they were mentioned. Not though you might have just missed them out, but I don't think it's him. Newcastle, play along at home, everyone. Um, you might be screaming at your podcast device because you know the answer. Um, Newcastle, PSG, Lazio. Lazio. Um, I thought I'd commemorate the PSG game with. I know you did this last week actually with uh, Alan no, Gober, but I just thought I'd do it again. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, this isn't easy. No, no, that's okay. Um, is there any clues I can have? Any clues? Now, I always give you the options. You can either have his age, right. his position, or the year he signed for Newcastle. Um, I'll take the year he signed for Newcastle. 2007. 2007. Not helped, has it? <laughs> Gosh, I'm just trying to think. What t- I had a season ticket that season. Um, I remember being at his debut, actually, up in the family. I think it was the family area at the time, up in the Melbourne. It was an awful debut. No, it, it was a fine debut for him, an awful game. That's all I can say about that. Fine debut for him, an awful game. <sighs> Lazio. Want another, ki- another clue? Lille. Yeah, go on. I'm going to have to have one. Sorry. So he's, I'll give you his position. He's a centre back. 2007, centre back. PSG, Newcastle, Lazio, Lille, 2007 centre-back, we had that, we had that, it's not, I don't think it's Kakapa or whatever his name was, Kakapa, no, no. Crap, 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 um, Kachapa, Mario Kachapa, he was around 2007 at the time, maybe a bit before, um, well, I don't think I'm going to get this. I think I'm going to give up. It's David Rosenhow. Oh, yeah. He was good. Now, yeah. <laughs> he, so... was, he was good. Yeah, I liked him. Did we get him on a free? So he came from PSG. I don't think he, I think he only cost a couple of million. Came from PSG. He was a Czech defender. He was really tall. And I actually thought, I'm obviously Newcastle's defense was a shambles at the time and was for so many years. But he was actually, I actually thought he was quite good. Yeah, I remember he was good. Um, yeah. But yeah, it didn't it didn't sort of go too well for him. I remember he's he, he kind of only there for I think it was how long was he there for? I think it was only one season, and then he went on loan to Lazio. Just from having a look now, yeah, he only played twenty one times for us. Then he went on loan to Lazio, went to Hamburger in Germany, to Lille. Then he played in Belgium, and he's still going now. I think, but I haven't got a clue who he's played for now. Sokol Kuz, Kuzanzi. 
Well, if you're listening, David Rosenthal, then uh, we, we, we liked you. you know, well done. Yeah. Remember right, going to good. his home debut. It was a nil-nil against Aston Villa. It was, uh, wasn't very he good, but he, he was all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Thanks for that. Let's continue with the PSG uh, preview. Hey, what, what do you think the score's going to be, Ollie? Well, I mentioned there that they drew at home to the bottom side in, in the French League over the weekend. And before that, They've they've also drawn to I look back, it was it was Laurie on the court. They were a bottom half side to lose. They've drawn against this season, another bottom half side. They're fifth in the French league and they haven't been on great form. I know they they won their opening game of group F against Borussia Dortmund a few weeks ago. And I would say there's an argument to say that they kind of turn it on a bit more in the Champions League because they kind of get up for it a bit more. Because let's face it, this tends to not be a massive amount of competition in the French league for them in comparison to sort of really jigging themselves up for the Champions League. But you can't just switch it on and off like that. And I think if they think they're going to turn up to Newcastle, where it's going to be an absolute like lion's den of an atmosphere, not only will the atmosphere be great, there's also going to be the intensity we play with. Now, I know PSG players have experienced that before because they've played they've played in Champions League games. They, they will have experienced big atmospheres before. But if they just think they can sort of turn up and stroll around and beat us, they might have another thing coming, especially when you look at their recent form in the French League. So I'm struggling to say we're going to win it, given the injuries, I can't lie. But I think mm. we'll get a result. I think it'll be two all. That's what I'll go with. Um, I'm going to say we're going to win it. I'm going to say we're going to keep another clean sheet. I'm going to say we're oh. going to win three three nil. Oh, Ed, I love that. <laughs> Come on! Oh, um, I'm not. I'm. I'm being not being as bold as you here, am I? But um, honestly, if it hadn't been the injuries, I think I would have said Newcastle to win that. But I just. I think three oh. nil. Jamal Lascelles hat trick. <laughs> <No. laughs> to be honest, Jamal Lascelles getting a clean sheet up against Kylian Mbappe is enough for me. So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, ah, do you know what? Mbappe plays on the left, right? Yeah. Yeah, so him against Trippi is going to be great. Oh. I mean, I know one thing we often actually do in these previews is some of the key battles and actually like looking at looking at the PSG team. I mean, the, the most obvious key battle is, is Mbappe against, um, against Trippier, which let's face it, with Trippier's current form and the fact Mbappe has had that little ankle injury, if Trippier can sort of nibble at his ankles a little bit and get yeah, a few kicks kick into him. him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he'll do that. Um, yeah, so like looking through PSG's team, which a lot of people probably won't really be that aware of. They don't watch the French League each week. So I think another interesting battle is Hakimi at right back. So he, he's he got bags of pace, bombs down the line, and both him and Dembele will probably be trying to push back Dan Byrne. And I know a lot of teams, as you've said, uh, target our, our left-hand side. So it'll be interesting to see Hakimi and Dembele, how much they attack Byrne, because at the other end, we've got Anthony Gordon, who's one of the most informed Premier League wingers at the minute. So how they kind of approach that will be interesting because if Hakimi does bomb on and leave space for Anthony Gordon, we could get some joy down that side. So so that's an interesting one. They've got Marquinhos at centre-back and Skriniar, um, who who Isaac will definitely have the pace on those guys, but depends how much of a high line they play. Um, I don't know if you remember over the summer as well, we got linked with Manuel Ugarte, the Uruguayan midfielder. He was sporting Lisbon. He got linked with Newcastle quite a yeah, lot, but he's that, now yeah. at PSG. He's okay. he's very dirty from what I've seen. He loves a he loves a sliding tackle. He loves a late challenge. He gets a lot of bookings. So him against Bruno could be tasty. Two South Americans. Um, they've also got a 17 year old who tends to play on the right. I've looked at the right of their midfield three called I may butcher this name, but I think it's Zaire Emery. He's 17 okay. and he's been playing a lot of their games. So it could be a big occasion for him if we can get into him down that left side. Obviously. Usman Dembele against Byrne and uh, Randall Kolo Muani as well, who was signed for about, I think, 70 million over the summer, the last few days of the window. 
he scored goals for fun for Frankfurt last season, and he'll be going at Sharon Sharon Lascelles. So, so yeah, there's a, there's a lot of threats there, but they're also I think they're quite they could be also fragile at, at the same time. I think if we can give give as much as we get, then I don't see why we can't score a couple past them. It's I think it could be a lot to do with how the defense holds up, but I do have faith in Trippier against Mbappe. If there's if there's anyone who I think can can win that battle, it's Trippier. What a night we're in for, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're recording on Monday, so in two days' time, on Wednesday evening, we're going to be playing PSG back in the Champions League in Newcastle, a drone display, flags all over the place. Who knows what's going to happen? hope you enjoy it. However you uh, consume that content, whether you're there or on TV, please do uh, share this podcast with other like-minded people who might enjoy it. Five-star, rate it, post it on Twitter. We're going to be back later in the week. Uh, goodbye. Ollie. say goodbye. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you later. I wait a lot. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.